one and we are on the air back on nine why do they Beyond say on the air? uh because sound travels through the air I, I don't know oh i guess the radio waves were on the air like we're, we're floating the in the air but i this is more of broadband so like we're in the cable we're in the, the cables that should be our new sign on we're in the cables we are in we're in the cables. Isn't it crazy yeah. that what's connecting us now? I it seems it's a like transatlantic fiber optic cable network that goes under the entire ocean. Isn't that right? I, I'm pretty sure that's right. Yeah, and and we have yes, we're communicating through light that makes sound. Yeah, fiber optic, and it travels across this ocean. I'm I'm like right by the ocean here in Portugal, but how the like, how did they lay out an entire cable across the ocean? That's something to look into. Yeah, because, like, aren't there... They probably had to go to the most or the more shallow areas and actually bury the cable, maybe? Or do, uh, do, just, Is it buried, or is it just laying on the sand at the seafloor? Oh, <laughs> Normally, when I have questions like this pop up in my mind, I just pull out my phone and look it up, like instant answers. But <laughs> when we're recording, I have to live like I did in the nineties or I have to sit with these questions and not know, but these are not these knowing are is it something we've forgotten how to do. I know with instant information, but these are like the kind of questions that come up when you're smoking weed. It's kind of funny. Cause it's like, well, wait a minute. How did they get the cable under the sea, man? Like I love this question. This is my favorite one. Totally. Yeah. Well, it's good to be back. Uh, Beyond Words episode, uh, what is it? Ten? Nine? Ten. Nine. It's yeah. Ten. It's ten now. So wow. episode nine, um, you are in Peru, as you've been, as we were. Yeah. And last episode, I was in Berlin, and now I'm in Portugal by the ocean. Wow. It's like, I have keep traveling to these different dimensions of reality. It's is totally different here than Germany, which was totally different than Peru. Uh, Portugal does, we've only been here like three days and we've rented a car and we've driven around a bit. We're, we're kind of near Lisbon, but driving on the roads, there's places where I look around. It's like, uh, it's, it's a, closer to Peru than Germany. That's for sure. In terms of nice. just the vibes and the, it's not as, uh, Germany's a really rich country and this place isn't as rich. And so it's a little, I don't know, a little more rustic, you could say, in terms of the infrastructure and the vibes. It's it's still Europe, but it's it's kind of like tucked at the edge of the Western part of Europe. It's the, like the forgotten European country. Uh, but, uh, but here where we are, we're near this town called Ericeira, which is like the surf capital of Portugal. And uh, so lots of surfing. And we went to the beach today and I rented a a bodyboard, like a boogie board. Nice. And I uh, tried that out. The waves are super intense. Like Big waves kind of scare me, you know? They're so powerful. And it's just pure power of nature just tossing me around. <laughs> uh, and and uh, I found a jujitsu school here. And this one is really, really good. I mean, it's like a, it's a lot more like, what we were doing in Waran with Chase, so 
small class and the teacher's really cool. He's a Brazilian guy from Rio de Janeiro and he's uh, just really good vibes. So the the class I went to in Germany, it was like this big modern place and the class was huge and the teach it's like really rough. I was, every time I would roll, even with blue belts, they wouldn't take it easy. They would just kick the shit out of me. It was just kind of like in a friendly way, but they weren't holding back. Whereas here, uh, it was much more chill and you're really rolling for technique. You're not trying, no one was trying to beat me and they definitely took it easy on me because everyone in the class was more advanced, but it was, it was cool. There were two women in the class out of like eight people and rolling with women is actually chase. And I had talked about this and he said, it's actually really good. And the reason is because it teaches you not to just rely on strength and try to out muscle your opponent because obviously with most women you can do that uh and so you don't be an asshole you let that go and then you just rely on technique and really these women were like one was a blue belt one was a white belt but with a lot more experience than me and you can really see how jujitsu evens the playing field because even if i tried to get full strength like their technique was like yeah, really impressive, man. So that was cool. And then there was like this, this 15 year old kid, like this, like little chubby kid who's a white belt. And that was also interesting because he, like, he could tell he's pretty new to it. And he didn't have any confidence. And I didn't want to, I'm not going to roll with him like I'm rolling with you, you know? So I was like, I didn't know what to do. <laughs> I was like, do I try to, like, you know, Americana or like I had opportunities to like choke or whatever, but. I didn't know, I didn't want to like go too hard. So I just kind of laid on him and let him try to get out. <laughs> but it's interesting to be in those different, different positions. So, well, they have such a variety as well. Like it's, yeah, this yeah. martial arts really amazing. I mean, it's, it's, it's so good to have a full spectrum of people to roll with because in a fight, you don't really know the spectrum of person that you're actually going to fight. You're not going to choose the fight. So you never know when you're going to get in a fight with a 17 year old or a girl or <laughs> it's <laughs> no, true, totally, though. man. It's, it's true. true. Yeah. But, you but get, there was, yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, cause you could get in a fight with a girl. And like, I've seen more and more videos online of women, like beating the crap out of guys mm -hmm. and the guy doesn't do anything because he's not, you know, he's being respectful or whatever, but you know, they'll punch you to death, not to death. But. <laughs> Yeah, I think, I mean, if push comes to shove, then, uh, yeah, you have to fight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you have to put aside all the all the programming we receive that you can't fight women. But if the woman's trying to kick your ass, then you have to defend yourself. So You, you got it. You got it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. In nature, like the male lions don't go easy on the female lions. In fact, I think the females are more vicious anyway. <laughs> they, they are. They're the ones that like beat up the male lions. <laughs> yeah so that was really good i went yesterday and i'm gonna go tomorrow they they have classes every day and it's like 60 euros for a month to go as many times as i want and there's like eight classes a week so i uh so yeah it's, that'll be nice for the month that we're here i don't know if we're gonna live in portugal but we're just feeling it out and uh it's nice to have jujitsu as kind of a like a con continuity like something i can go to that i feel comfortable with and i can meet people and like after the class i just felt so good just so relaxed and sore in a good way like i didn't sleep very well because my body's just my body was 
out of tune you know it takes a few times to like get the body and not be so sore afterwards so uh yeah well how do you feel being in portugal over being in in berlin like i i know you were saying they're they're quite different but do you feel more comfortable in portugal do you feel more like relaxed there or what what are your general vibes thus far um it's hard to say man i yeah it's definitely more chill for sure but you know i'm also thinking about you know the idea of living somewhere longer term and uh accessibility and possibilities for work and for my wife who doesn't drive like where we are public transport's not very good if we choose to live in a rural place in portugal like she can't really get anywhere and it's i think it's hard for me because i'm kind of i had this idea that i'll find something like what like where we where you are right now and just great people all within walking distance in a really beautiful place. Uh, but it's, it's, that might be a very unique spot in the world, man. I, you know, it might exist elsewhere, but, but, uh, I, part of my process is kind of letting go of that idea and just being open to a new way of living that I wasn't necessarily prepared to take on, but now, you know, I can announce it here that now that my wife is pregnant, we have Woo-hoo. to also think of, uh, yeah, think of that too. So if the baby's coming next May, then by, you know, in the next few months, we need to figure out at least where we want to be for the next year, uh, a, a place where she can comfortably give birth and there's medical support if needed. And so, yeah, there's a lot to take in consideration. And I haven't really been here long enough to make an assessment of like, Germany or Portugal really really I miss Waran but I have to I don't think that's gonna happen in terms of living there um, anytime soon so just adjusting to Europe and what that means I'm really in a place of I have no idea and uh, just trying to be okay with that still like just <laughs> I don't know <laughs> right right but I mean as far as what you guys are looking for it's more you want more of a city or more of a modern area in some senses just so for transportation like you said or for giving birth or for those things yeah i mean i think what we want is a happy medium like we would love to have a little house and a garden and trees and nature but accessibility to a city so one advantage of a place like berlin is you know even places outside the city that are more in rural with lots of nature you can hop on it there's a really good transportation network so you can walk out the door hop on a train and be in berlin within 45 minutes where you have everything you need um so yeah uh so yeah i think we're looking for right now we're looking for a, a happy medium of convenience and accessibility uh to what a city or a small city has to offer. Mm-hmm. And we're also looking for community. We're looking for to be around good people and friends and, and uh, yeah, that's, yeah. that's it. And, and I'm looking for like what to do, like for, for, for an income for a living. So right now this is, this is what I do. I do a podcast with you and uh, I, yeah, this is, this is what I love doing right now. Yeah. This and going to jujitsu classes. So, 
<laughs> the rest, the rest, I don't know. I don't know anything else. I'm reinventing we get, myself. We got to get paid to do jujitsu, even if we're just training. We yeah, that'd be so cool. That. <laughs> well, that's called getting a black belt and opening a school. <laughs> yeah, so, right. Well, maybe in ten years. Couple years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get there soon. <laughs> we'll get there soon. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, but it's really pretty here, man. It's September. The thing with where we are is apparently from about October, it starts to rain a lot. It gets gray and rainy and windy uh, for about four or five months. So, and similar in Berlin, like from October till through March or April, it's a lot of gray, rainy days. So that's also something to consider, but I think that's hard to avoid in most of Europe. There's definitely four seasons here, so uh versus what on where it's just rainy season and dry season even in rainy season it's pretty nice <laughs> yeah yeah wow i mean the good thing about portugal though is the all things are decriminalized right or legal or I'm not sure what the laws are as far as psychedelics or plant medicine like pretty much everything is legal there yeah, it, not legal, so, so technically decriminalized as far as I know. What that means is if you get caught with something, pretty much anything, it's not a criminal offense. Uh, and they, they put a lot of resources towards, you know, for heart, people that are addicted to like heroin and cocaine and stuff like that, a lot of resources towards rehabilitation and helping people get off that stuff. And then psychedelics are kind of, they're also decriminalized, but technically you're not allowed to to sell it or to give it to people. But from what I can tell here, that's it's pretty much tolerated. And I see people advertising ceremonies and retreats um, pretty oh, wow. openly. Not not really, you know. In some places they'll use code words. So ayahuasca, they'll call it like Amazon tea, uh, uh, or San Pedro, they'll call it. Andean cactus ceremony but here i've seen them pretty much call it what it is so i think that it's tolerated it's a pretty yeah it's it's a the culture is pretty cool i think they just you do you and as long as you're not bothering me it's fine it's what i can tell well if it's decriminalized they really don't have a motive to actively seek it out i mean the police don't really have a motive to actively seek out drugs or psychedelics or things like that exactly exactly uh, you know, I'm sure if I, if I had like a huge shipment of drugs sent here that I could get into trouble, but, but, uh, yeah, working with it privately or with a few people, I think it's probably, it's fine, you know? So yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So yeah. Did you, did you explore the, the sigil at all and try and bring something in or bring an awareness in or something like that? Were you able to, or? Dude, I did not do my homework. Oh, I, no. uh, it, yeah, I know. I feel like a bad student because I was really, I'm like really into the uh, the idea of doing that. And then after we talked, I went to Poland. We were staying with Marta's family there, and mm. I don't know. I've just been in a pretty challenging internal process of. I don't even know what to call it, but just like finding myself. And when, when I'm going through that, I tend to avoid actually the things that would probably be most beneficial, but I just get in my head about everything. And yeah. So 
but but uh, I don't I don't, I have, I don't blame you or see anything you, negative in that honestly no uh well thanks man I I know that it's more for me is if I say I'm going to do something I I feel stupid when I don't do it like it's like breaking my word to myself so. Um, but you wrote down all the instructions and I have the, you know, obviously the last podcast. So, uh, cool. yeah, cause it, <laughs> I do need, I think the other thing, the reason I didn't do it is because it's such a powerful practice and like, I don't know right now what I want to call in, like what I want to <laughs> bring in. Yeah. So I don't just want to take it lightly and just pick something like I really, I want to know what I'm doing. Um, so, well, I remember when we spoke last time on the phone recently, you were, you were kind of describing to me the totality of where you're at internally. You know, I don't know if you want to share with the listeners as well, like what, you, what you're going through, what you're feeling, um, through this process or, or even just like what the, what the internal discovery during this process is happening, you know, what's unfolding through that. Yeah, I mean the the process has been. Ah, um, uh, let's see what what to say. I mean, like the pregnancy like threw a real curveball too because it was unexpected. So it added a whole new dimension to this process. But one thing that I'm experiencing now is like, okay, now it's no longer just about me or me and my wife, but like now it's also about this being that's going to come into our life that's totally vulnerable and it's at the mercy of the decisions that we make and that I make. So in a good way, I think that can add a little sense of urgency and maybe simplify this process for me and that I don't have to overthink it, but really just stick to the main goal of finding a stable place to be for at least the next year or longer and and uh some kind of income so i mean my process has been just like i said um kind of like not knowing who i am in this new context um you know i i don't know i like the skills that i have finding if they're even applicable here um and you know that was kind of answered uh, last weekend i hosted a I guess I can just well anyway I hosted a Andean cactus <laughs> ceremony and we had about 10 people come and so just doing that work uh and being with that plant and ceremonial setting um and you know leading up to it I was feeling a bit reluctant about it just like not sure if that's even like basically the story in my mind was like, who am I to offer this medicine and ceremony when I don't have my shit together at all? But then, you know, I remembered that it has nothing to do with me. Like in the context of these ceremonies, it's really, I'm, I'm offering the medicine and I'm just holding the space, like being an anchor there and, but letting everyone have their own connection with it. So it's really just a facilitation role. And so just taking pressure off myself that it's, not about me it's about the medicine and the people and how they connect with it you know enabled me to go into it more openly and then it was a totally amazing beautiful day uh we we found this space it's like a few hours from berlin and it was just big open nature and beautiful 
yeah, just totally amazing. And everyone had everyone had a really profound experience where they received so many insights and under, understanding and the connection and a lot of them was their first time. And, and I also had an amazing day. I also, you know, had some medicine too, and it was really, really just what I needed. So, um, obviously as it can go, you know, a few days after the ceremony, a lot of these themes started to reemerge and the uncertainty and confusion, but, you know, the ceremony gave me a glimpse of what's possible and in terms of what I can do and how I can feel. And, uh, it was absolutely medicine for me. So, so yeah, uh, I guess a clearer picture is starting to emerge, but, uh, I'm, you know, I'm still, still floating in the unknown to some degree, but I think that this particular plant medicine will certainly continue to play a role in my life here, uh, in Europe to some extent. So I'm, I'm glad I have that and I can, you know, offer that as well. So, yeah. Yeah. Wow. You know, in, in listening to you too, I, I, I feel a lot of similarities because it's like, um, especially with the state of the world <laughs> as it is right now, mm-hmm. uh, or I should even just say the state of Peru because of all these lockdown nonsense. Um, the, the question of money comes up very often in my mind. And I feel like, you know, we're both kind of addressing this question of what, who am I, what do I do with the added extra question of what do I do to make money? And it's like, like you pointed out, you know, when you reconnected to what you really found passion in, it's kind of like, oh yeah, there's a big clue in that. There's a big hint in that. It's something I enjoy. It's something that I resonate with. It's something I love. And it's not necessarily like you're not doing that medicine just to make money. You're doing that because you're sharing something you love. And, and yeah, and it's like for us, you know, it's like I, I love sharing these, these plants with people, but I can't have the idea in my mind. What do I do for money in association with who do I, who I am or what am I doing with my life? It's like, that's, that should be, that's an added element. It should actually, actually just come naturally. And, uh, I feel I did this hike with uh, a friend of ours, Sean, with Sean and, and uh, it was with this Kero guy named tobacco and tobacco said to, to me three, four times throughout the thing. It's like anyone who's on this path, the path of medicine, the path of whatever, the path of truth, path of light, path of learning. He's like, the plants, the spirits, they always take care of you. You never have to worry about anything. They always take care of you. There will always be a way. And I often forget that because I'm a Westerner and I've never really, that's not a moral I've been shared, that's been shared with me throughout my childhood. It's like, find a good solid job, make sure you have savings, all this hoo-ha and nonsense. And I never found happiness in that. And even when I'm doing, for example, like the work I'm doing now that I love so much, when I have that motivation to do it for money, I lose that motivation or that, that happiness element, which is to me the most important part. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Uh, 
that's a really important message. And I mean, money definitely plays a role. And I, I just watched that Joe Rogan documentary you sent me where yeah, it's like a 25 minute documentary about how Joe Rogan came to do this podcast and came to be like the most viewed and watched and listened to a podcast in the world and is interviewing and, and, you know, he, he did say like, there is something about money, you know, and he obviously made a lot of money doing TV and, and he said that it felt really good to no longer have to worry about that. So he could do exactly what he wanted. And, um, you know, I'm not, I guess you're not in that, we're not in that position right now. So, you know, I would love, I would love to no longer worry about money. That, that'd be amazing. Maybe that can be my sigil work uh, <laughs> because that's definitely a driver. And I know a lot of that's programming coming, we you know, we're both coming from the U S and that culture. And like you said, it's, it's kind of how much you earn is prioritized over how much you like what you're actually doing to earn that money. And so many people just sacrifice a good chunk of their lives with the dollar sign uh, as the priority rather than, you know, happiness and fulfillment. And I, I see that a lot and that's not a path that I want to take. Um, at the same time, I, I think that it's possible to, earn, you know, I also had this idea from living in Peru that the only way I can earn money like ethically for myself is if I'm doing something quote unquote spiritually related or quote unquote medicine related. And, um, also, you know, revisiting that too, and knowing that these medicines will always can always play a role in my life. And I can also be happy doing something that's, you know, a little more quote unquote ordinary, uh, you know, so for a while I was thinking about what if I opened like an ice cream shop? Because I, I don't know. Did I mention this on the last podcast? You didn't know. No. So I was just like in Berlin, we were eating a lot of ice cream and, and uh, I was like, man, ice cream is amazing. And no matter where I go, like there's people are always in line for ice cream <laughs> everywhere in the world. People want ice cream, no matter what kind of pandemic we're in or whatever's going on in the world, there's always a need for ice cream. And so thinking of like a path of doing something that's, that's always going to be wanted as long as there's humanity and civilization, people want some ice cream. And so, you know, I just started to go down a rabbit hole of like, how to learn how to make ice cream. There's like gelato university. It's literally called gelato university in really? Italy. <laughs> yeah. You can go <laughs> learn how to do it. And, you know, so I don't, I don't know if I'm going to do that. It was just an idea I'm playing with, but playing with that is also part of the process of just opening myself up to, to other possibilities that I would ne never have thought of before. And I guess a little more, you know, ordinary, uh, material world type of activities and realizing that's totally fine. And, you know, I could totally embrace owning an ice cream business and loving making ice cream if I, if I commit to it. So the key for me is the committing part. It's like anytime I, I'll often have these ideas and I'll get really into the idea of it. But then when it's actually come time to do it, I'll stop myself because it's, I feel like I'm giving up every other possibility if I do that, if I just dive into that one thing. 
so that sounds this, like a Gemini. <laughs> it's very, yeah, I think it is a very Gemini thing, like a FOMO thing. And, yeah. but it's really, that's what's held me back in a lot of my life is, um, never really diving in to master something, just like jumping from thing to thing to thing. And, uh, so yeah, and now I'm 40 years old and it's like, it's, it's sometimes it's, it's not a pleasant thought that can emerge from that just like you're 40 years old now you're going to be a father and you still don't know what the hell you want to do with your life like it's like this archetype of like my my dad isn't like that but like the archetype of the father that's like what are you doing with your life you know you got to get your shit together like that that that, that, that emerges dialogue is there. yeah that dialogue comes yeah. up a lot and it beats me up quite a bit and it gets me pretty down and and you know and it gets really dark when I, when it comes with that pressure of like, now nah, you're going to be a father. And so, yeah. So I feel a sense of urgency and I think it's important in a way that I have this urgency because I do have to kind of really set my intention and focus on finding that thing. And I, you know, I think having a child now is really a blessing in a way because it's going to, the medicine in it for me is it's, going to force me it's forcing me to like all right just commit to something and do it for the sake of this uh being that that is totally vulnerable and can't feed itself like it needs it needs you so um so it's no longer just about me uh which you know we just found out like day before yesterday uh or yesterday, the day before yesterday. So anyway, it, I'm still processing this whole thing. It's like little pe little pieces at a time processing. I don't think I can process the whole thing at once because it was a bit totally unex unexpected. So, um, so yeah, man. Uh, and you're going through so many life changing. I don't. I would say opportunities at once. You know, you're moving locations. You're finding new work. It, a child's on the way. It's like it's all. There's yeah. so much fire under your ass to make new things, you know? <laughs> yeah, totally. And it's all happening in 2020, the year that we'll all remember 2020. Oh, and it's boy. just all, all in my face right now. So, Well, going <sighs> back to, to what you said, you know, I, I really think within, and I, I'm not a kind of person that really wants to be like, ah, it's the Western world's fault. It's this fault. It's nobody's fault. But I feel like, we're never really taught or given the opportunity to discover throughout our childhood, throughout our life to really find out what it is we want or we are to some degree. And then like what's offered to us as far as like what you want to do with your life is pretty limited within the scope of what we, we can imagine. And, you know, I think of like, um, yeah, like when I was a kid, like, oh, what do you want to be when you grow up? Oh, I want to be a fireman or an astronaut. And, and then, like, as you get into school, it's like, whoa, to become an astronaut is, you know, really hard. It's not, like, an easy thing to do at all. So I better go for, like, the second best. Oh, maybe I'll be a fireman. Well, you know, that requires this, this. And it's like, okay, you know, I don't want to take 50 years of school for fire training. I don't know. So it's like we're not really... And we're not supported in the environment of like enjoying learning a new skill unless we stumble upon it ourselves. And man, making ice cream, man, as soon as I heard that, I was like, man, that'd be freaking fun, man. Like, it's not a, 
that is not like a silly job and you're benefiting the world you're making you're bringing happiness to people um, <laughs> yeah yeah I, yeah i and i think that there are you know it doesn't have to be ice cream necessarily but i i guess for me going through that ex mental exercise of imagining that it's you know maybe helped me to find okay what what do i value and yeah make like seeing people smile uh from something i created totally awesome and also being my own boss in a way so like having my own business would be great i know it's a lot of work running your own business blah 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 but but if i really get into it then you know it could be a work of a labor of love and passion and you know that's you know my back when i when i was in new york i was bartending and there was something that i loved about serving drinks and watching people taste it and like you know different cocktails and watching the satisfaction and having conversations with people and when i worked alone behind the bar it's basically like running my own business taking ownership of that whole space and and making it the most efficient and possible and how i do it and working with my hands i definitely get satisfaction from that kind of physical like working with my hands type of process as well so um yeah man uh and it's, you know, serving plant medicine, serving ice cream, you're still, you're serving something. Like there's this whole thing with serving, right? Like, um, so yeah. Um, I don't know. It's also helpful to talk about it with you. So yeah. Yeah. What's the quote again? It's, um, I think it's either a roomy quote or something, but it's like, uh, I died and realized that all life was joy. And then I realized, and then I asked what, what is, what is joy? And then I realized that joy was service. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, if that's the quote, it's spot on because, um, in my most, <laughs> yeah, no, I get it. And yeah, it, at the periods of my life where I've been most like this feeling of being lost and not knowing what to do or being depressed, I snap right out of it. The second I have a purpose that involves serving people in some way, and serving people doesn't have to mean like, you know, digging wells in Africa, you know, or, or plant medicine, serving people can simply mean giving them ice cream, like just, just that interaction of, yeah, that, that service. And then I immediately, I forget myself and, you know, that's a yogic path, a karma path of karma yoga. It's really, you know, on the surface, it can look like, oh, it's a path of like self-sacrifice and you're you're doing it to help humanity but really it's 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 a path for f to get myself out of myself and serve others by serving others i'm no longer associated as much with my own ego and worries and concerns and uh uh neuroses and all that because it's not about me and so if it becomes about the other it's really beneficial for everyone, the people I serve and myself. And so there, you know, it's not like this, this, uh, it's not like a, being a martyr and doing it for everyone else. No, it's for me too, because it reduces my suffering. And, you know, if everyone in the world had that kind of mentality, I think, wow, it'd be pretty, we wouldn't have all these problems. You know, it'd be all about you serve others because it helps you, you know? So, but you know, I guess being in Europe and being in this totally foreign land, I don't, I don't really 
fully understand how things work here very well and it's different culturally it's just a matter of like finding how i can fit into this puzzle here because it's just a different way of doing things and um so finding how i can fit in and be of service in a way that's also sustainable economically <laughs> for me and for my family well yeah and and but everyone needs help everywhere in the world and that that service opportunity is always there I, I, yeah, it's interesting. I, I think in many ways we're going through similar processes, except I'm, I'm not moving homes. There's a lot of differences, but there's some similarities. And it's like right now, in this time of stopping everything, it's kind of like, well, what, what do I do that lights me up during the day? Like, what do I actually do to benefit my mind? Or, you know, and, and I love to serve, but now that's not really a full option. Um, I can help out the community, but again, it's like, I, I want to make sure that I'm lighting myself up and helping to use that light in some other way. And so it's, it's interesting because I was talking to Safa about this, uh, my partner and, you know, she's like, well, when were, when were the last times you were really lit up and start to connect the dots and their similarities and what they've done for you to light you up? Like, oh man, well, what, what are the times that really lit me up in all in all ways you know um, a lot of them were within you know beautiful medicine experiences of course that makes sense uh others were like learning incredible things about sharing this medicine or incredible things about these plants or the magics of these plants um others were serving people others were being super creative uh i totally get what you're saying though about the the bar things man i love yeah whipping up these new concoctions of like crazy drinks and just being like here try this this is like i made this up see if you like it and yeah that that these things they there were all these pivotal points of light that kind of started to shine away towards something that i wanted to do and i feel like this whole covid process has just put us in a place of like stop and look in both directions like in the past and in the future to figure out what we can do better now i guess yeah and i wonder how many people in the world are going through something like this there's got there's must be a lot of people a lot of people who lost work lost their job or who just being in quarantine for months at a time had to go within and re reflect about their lives. You know, like I think this is, this must be a pretty common experience right now. And, and it, it, for me, at least it shattered a lot of illusions I had about myself and, and uh, the security in my life, the, the illusory security that, you know, everything's just going to stay the same and everything's fine. And, you know, it, and realizing wow that there's a lot of fragility in in life and really i don't know what's going to happen tomorrow and and it's it's hard man it's a hard process and then finding myself in that and my retendency is to then i i just need to find an anchor because i feel like everything is blown up and shattered and so wh where do i anchor myself like how <laughs> You know who am i in all of this and you know inevitably i think like it's really kind of like in jujitsu just like the breath <laughs> yeah. 
okay, I'm breathing. That's really what it all starts with. That's an anchor or God or prayer or just silence. And um, that's the only thing that stays the same until this body dies is like my breath or moments of quiet in my mind. Like those are the same when there's a pandemic, when I have a job, when I don't have a job, that's a continuous, consistent thread. And I suppose uh, that's, that's the anchor. And then, you know, everything else could, could disappear in a heartbeat, can get taken away, but I can come back to my breath, <laughs> you know, so. Um, it's like, yeah, we got to go back to our ABCs, our one, two, threes of, of life in general, just to figure out, I mean, as our common everyday structures start to shatter, it's like, okay, shit, what do I have? I have breath. <laughs> Let me start there. It just goes mm. somewhere from there. I don't care where it is. Exactly. I still, think, I still think of like where we, I think it was podcast number episode three or four or two, actually, sorry. Um, where we were talking about like, well, what do we really think this COVID thing means for the world? I remember just thinking like, it's just, it's death. We're just dying. We're just all facing this death in some form or another. And what does that actually mean? Mm-hmm. for us now like what are we going to do with that i don't know you know that's something that we discovered i guess in some ways yeah that's really that's spot on man and and not just it's like a death of the world as we know it and that translates into conscious or unconscious facing our own mortality and you know, our own fragility like the the everything changed just like that and I suppose another thing I've been reflecting on that this whole process has brought me to is like saying, I don't know. Um, cause I really don't know. I don't even know what's going on like with COVID. And I know you and I have had conversations on and off the podcast where I know I, I made a lot of like speculation about what it is and what's happening and the, and the numbers and statistics and the deaths and, and, but but really, I, like, I'm just learning to just not know. Like, I have no idea. I don't know. I don't know anything about anything, really. Uh, <laughs> but it's fun to speculate. But uh, that's another lesson I've just learned in all of this is is really, it's quite empowering, actually, to just uh, stop, for me to stop pretending that I know anything Uh because I really, I have no idea. I don't even know what I'm going to do tomorrow. So, um, and I, I don't know, there's something about that feels really, uh, honest and genuine. And for some people, that's a really stressful experience, like to not know what we're going to do tomorrow or to not have a plan. Uh, but I find if I really go into that, then I find a lot of peace in it. Um, and just know that, I actually haven't known my whole life. It's just that sometimes I thought I knew or I pretended I knew, but I never have known. And regardless of that, life has gotten me to this point. So there's, I just sense that there's a a much, there's a higher organizing intelligence that has nothing to do with what I think I know or what I think I'm going to do tomorrow. That (laughs) that's, that's really in charge here. And uh, I just, for me, it's a journey of letting go of any 
any uh and every time the illusion of i have control arises like learning to let go of that because if i hold on to that illusion and think i'm in control really tightly then it just brings more suffering when that illusion is shattered um so yeah i don't know wow. man that's, that's <laughs> very yeah, very beautifully put that's, easy that's to say <laughs> yeah but within that i think it's just god that's where we should always be in general it's just i don't i don't know i don't know what you need i don't know what i need i don't know what is going to happen in six months you know it's it's been interesting because you know Saf and i we've been talking during this whole thing and it's like even now i, I don't even know what to believe as far as like what's being shared yeah. anywhere and it's it's kind of just becoming this whirlpool of like i want to step away from all of that and just come back to me you know and just like so what what we've been doing recently is we've just been practicing you know like meditating and doing certain practices just to help bring ourselves into a better centered place of just I, I need to discover this before i even start reaching out back into the world again um with all this confusion and nonsense it's, it's been challenging that's amazing so what do you do what's your practice like well um since there's so much free time we kind of do three different practices throughout the day in the morning we wake up and we do like a breath of fire so we do a bunch of breathing exercises mm -hmm. and just like you said coming back to the breath but like doing some breathing exercises calming and centering the mind um, bringing fire into the body to have you know motivation bringing energy into into us um and then we do offerings of like gratitude to six generations this is this is a fun wow time. yeah six generations of our ancestors on our mother's side six generations of ancestors on our father's side six generations or six incarnations of ourselves in the past six incarnations of ourselves in the future guiding us forward six incarnations of our higher perfected self or sorry six incarnations of our alternate choices that we never took and then six, six incarnations of our self our perfected self and it's just we want to create more of awareness of this self not necessarily of anything else in this moment it's like i think my whole life has been spent in some form focusing on other things other than actually just like okay now it's time to get to know me yeah like that's, that's, amazing, that's what i man. that's all i have i guess yeah that's that's that sounds like a super amazing powerful practice uh wow yeah try that's, it, yeah Make that's a, a good idea all your parts of yourself i find it really hard like i i I'll, i commit to practices when i feel that other aspects of my life are somewhat stable so like if i know where i'm living it's easy to practice mm -hmm. and it's really hard for me to practice when I'm living out of a suitcase, moving from place to place. Like, I don't know. I just can't, even though those are probably the most important times to do it. I, if I'm not settled and comfortable and for me, settled means like, okay, this is where I live. This is my life right here. That's what settled means to me. And my life is not that right now. And so a lot of the practices I was doing, like I'm not doing because I'm just, 
don't feel settled, but maybe they would help me to feel settled. Like I can meditate anywhere. I can do breath of fire anywhere. Uh, cold showers, some places just the water's not cold enough or there's no water pressure like where we are now. But but uh, there's a cold ocean to swim in. So yeah. Uh, and do, I guess jujitsu is my practice here right now. So, um, but that's, that's really, really awesome, man. And uh, the one thing I am doing since like two days ago is I'm detoxing from like the news. So I'm just not reading news um, because it, I'm just, I get so obsessed over it and especially, especially politics and the American p- political shit show. And but yeah, I'm just I'm taking a break from that for the next month, and um, that's I think that's going to be really good for my mental space because I realize uh, taking all that in really takes up a lot of space up in the old up in the mind there um, of all the just the divisive politics that I'm so addicted to, like and taking my side and and having an opinion and thinking I know what's best, and um, so letting that go that's i guess that's my one practice right now and hopefully that 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 opens space to really you know like you said discover more within and start to get some clarity about my life right here right now rather than the the media's interpretation of political events on the other side of the world like it's it's not really a priority for me right now because it's interesting but it gets in the way so you know what it makes me think of though every time i turn on the news Hmm. It, it makes me think of um, you remember when Game of Thrones was super big and everyone was watching it and they all had these opinions on what was going to happen next and yeah. all this treachery and nonsense it, it just reminds me of that like I just see it as Game of Thrones and just <laughs> like everyone's got an opinion on this television show and they're so invested emotionally on it and it's just a television show we keep forgetting that and yeah. I'm not saying that's what it really is it's just that's how, that's how I I see it now. It's just, I can't, it, it creates a lot of emotional turbulence. And I'm, I, I think I'm tired of putting that in my being too. You know? Totally. Totally. A lot of, I mean, game of Thrones, I think was amazing. <laughs> and it, <laughs> it certainly created a lot of like distraction. And yeah, I see the similarities. I guess the difference is like, I don't, I never like felt hatred towards someone over game of Thrones, you know, <laughs> like, like if someone had a different opinion of a character in game of thrones like it was okay you wouldn't but hate them for it You're i right. wouldn't hate him for it and and this shit like it brings out the political stuff like i just noticed it was bringing out the worst in me mostly just in my internal dialogue but just like reading a story about something that went down and then like imagining myself in that place and imagining myself punching that person because you know like just really losing sight of that that I'm just falling trapped to everything that I just really bothers me about the situation, which is the divisiveness and people harming each other and using violent words towards each other. Like it's just, and forgetting that we're just, we're just, we're just picking different sides of the same coin. It's just different stories and we're so attached to it. And it really was getting to me. Um, and I was just finding myself yeah, going to really dark places like of, <laughs> of of just violent imaginations in my mind about the other side. You know, it's it's weird, man. I, I don't um, think so. I think it's cultivated towards that that hate towards the yeah, other. Yeah, it's it seems to be like 
it, it, again, when I would read the headlines, you know, if I could be somewhat detached from them, the headlines to me of all these news stories, depending on which, you know, news source, they're just, they're just fueling the fire. It seems like their intention is to just drive the division deeper. It seems contrived, man. It's like, it's so, it just seems so blatantly designed to just divide. Uh, and, and yeah. And for one side, it's like division in the name of, it's like, it's, it's called like, we're promoting, you know, equality and, uh, and whatever, whatever, but, it's actually deeply rooted in the whole story is just division. <laughs> and the other side is like, we're promoting like America is great and patriotism. And, and, but there's, there's division in that too, uh, because it's ignoring a big chunk of the population who's really suffering. So like, so both sides are just, yeah, it's just nasty, man. And I have to just take a break from it. Um, I think that's just an incredible practice, though. I mean, yeah. that, I, I man, I think in every episode we've talked about somewhat, you know, of the negative influences that have come through media that we've faced and and dislike, but we still consume it to some degree. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm, sure, it's, it's good to just like make a commitment to set it down and like let it go for a bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the one thing I'm not setting down is like sports because (laughs) my my teams are like in the playoffs right now so but i don't consider that news you know so it's not it doesn't bring out the worst in me uh it can make me really happy or really sad but i get over it pretty quickly (laughs) right wow yeah well how about how about together we make a commitment for something of a practice that we can bring back to this to the people you know in the, in the podcast so like um it's not it's something that we we can't really shy away from lying to the people so sure it's like what's it's making a, i can't lie uh, at all dude <laughs> we're, yeah we're not too good at that especially when i vocally commit that i'm going to do something like if i don't do it I'll, i won't lie that i didn't do it so yeah uh what what are you thinking hmm well i think Maybe it could be like a simple, like we do it one time kind of practice, but like maybe we sit down and write down all the moments that really lit us up completely. And then we can bring it back to the next episode and kind of share what we've discovered through that. Amazing. Just as an idea. Dude, I love it, man. That's, I feel like that's exactly what I need to do. And that, that I will do. Cool. Uh, So we have a week. doing that too. Awesome. I got, my, I got my notebook here. So all the moments that lit us up and there's moments we remember in our life where we were lit up, whether it was, whether it was a job or just something that happened it doesn't have to be a job at all. It can be anything. And just to write down what the situation was and, yeah. and will you define, like, what do you mean by lit up? I mean, you felt in that moment so completely fulfilled. You felt full of joy. You felt full of happiness. You felt very content peace, whatever you felt, uh, create your creativity was flourishing. It could be any of those things. Um, the example we, we both kind of gave of like working in the bar and creating something for someone to enjoy. That's that, that lit me up in some form or another. Mm-hmm. Um, 
as long uh, as they tipped. <laughs> yeah, as long as they tipped. Yeah, <laughs> and then after that, we were not so happy. But yeah, uh, yeah. no, I hear you. Uh, or like you know, the time you created something, like we created this podcast. This podcast lights me up. This is something that I enjoy. It's it's an exploration with a good, very close friend. You know, so whatever it is. And what, what is it about these things that really light us up? That'll be like the next part of it. But um, yeah, and I think anyone who's listening should do this as well. It's just like past, present, or future, what you can see as far as like what lit you up in your past can kind of be a guiding light for what lights us up in the future, potentially. Uh, dude, that's that's amazing. Yeah, that's an amazing practice. And like for me, lit light up also means like I've had moments in my life where like time stopped, you know, or I was doing oh, something yeah. or, and like brief glimpses of what some people call flow state, you know, where it's just time disappears and I'm just in it in the moment and I forget myself and all my worries and concerns, you know, so um, that can be it. It can also be, yeah, uh, yeah, awesome. I'll, I'll, uh, I think that's a great assignment and uh I commit to doing it by our next podcast in one week. Me too. I commit to making this, uh, getting this, and then next week we'll share what we've discovered and uncovered. <clears throat> yeah, cool. Hey, that's a great idea. We should, we should add, yeah, maybe we can keep doing that, like add a practice for a week and then just explore it and see like what it, how it works for us. Shit, that just lit me up right there. Sweet. Me too. <laughs> well, hey, this, this whole episode has lit me up. Uh, yeah, it's so nice, man. And every time we, not every time, but a lot of times when we do an episode, like right before it, I get a little apprehensive and, you know, we've talked about this, like, I don't know what I'm going to talk about. And I get stressed and I'm like, ah, oh, should I, should we postpone maybe? I don't know if this is the right time. And then we do it and it's, I, it's, it's great. It's like so easy and it flows and it's fun and interesting. And, and I just, I would love to just always remember that and not have to go through the experience of doubt because, <laughs> you know, the doubt often has stopped me before, you know, and I just keep getting reminded that uh, if I just dive into it, uh, oftentimes the more doubt I have, the better it is for me to just go for it because I think the doubt and fear is pointing to something, um, I don't know, man. Something else I didn't share is when I hosted this ceremony the other day, you know, we were in this big field and everyone had their medicine and I, you know, I would check in with people every few minutes, every hour, every half an hour, whatever. And every time I went to someone, like almost everyone, every time I visited them and just sat down for a moment, and just checked in how they're doing, they would share something about their experience that, that was like, it was a message what they were sharing about their personal experience ended up being a message for me about all the stuff that I'm sitting with right now. So I would just get insights and answers and understandings through other people sharing. And it was, it was like everybody, it was, it was, it was magic, man. It was really, really amazing. I felt like th this medicine was speaking to me through other people's own experiences and, you know, and I know this happens for people um, just in group ceremonies where, you know, someone will share about what they went through and it'll, 
it'll spark something in someone else. It'll understand something about their experience. And, you know, it just shows how I can feel so alone sometimes in, in this suffering and, but realizing that we're all in it together and everyone, <laughs> there's a lot of similar, uh, suffering and themes that's happening and just opening up and connecting about it is really the best medicine. So Amen. this podcast is a great medicine for me as well. So, man, I, I agree 100% with that. Like before every podcast. Yeah, we did. We, we spoke about this. It's like, Oh shit. Nah, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't really know what, how to flow anymore. I don't, I don't, I feel a bit slow yeah. today. I feel like heavy or tired. It's like, mm -hmm. but, but that it's almost like, because you don't give up. I don't give up. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> we, we have to do it. Of the other. Yeah. yeah it's, thank you. If you weren't doing, if I was doing it by myself, I wouldn't be doing it, but it's like, Oh, well, Felix is there. All right. We got to do it. Do it for Felix. <laughs> we gotta do, I got to do it for Al, you know, <laughs> but thank you. Thank you for that encouragement to keep this, this, whatever we're doing, this creativity unfolding. Cause that's, yeah, every time I'm done with this, I'm like, God, that was amazing. I'm so grateful for this platform. Yeah, yeah, man. And I, I think we talked about this not while well, not recording, um, but or was it, were we talking? No, I was talking about this with someone else, but, you know, oftentimes after we record, I feel like amazing about it. But then like a few days go by and I'll start this, this critic will come in where I'm criticizing myself and, and yeah, we did. We talked about this on the phone. Yeah, yeah. And and or I'll listen to it. I don't like the way I sound. I, I think I say like too much, and I don't agree with what I said already because <laughs> I don't know anything, and so my opinions tend to change pretty quickly about things. And and I just yeah, I just feel like a jackass. And um, but that's also part of it. And and someone shared with me at the ceremony. You know, we were t I was talking about this very experience and. She's someone who does like TED talks and travels the world giving talks specifically for women and uh, female like entrepreneurs in all parts of the world. And, you know, she, she would experience the same thing and the self-doubt and the critic. And, and even if she gave a talk and a few days later, she just felt like what she said was totally, you know, stupid and irrelevant. She would inevitably, it would touch some people at the right time when they needed to hear that. So even though she no longer identified with what she said, someone else is on a part of their journey where what she said was really what they needed to hear in that moment. So um, just remembering that and, and yeah, this is a big, for me, it's a big work around this self-critic and self-judge and fear of being seen and being heard and, and yeah, I guess being found out as a fraud. It's like, I'm afraid that people are going to, yeah, can't discovery. be a fraud if you don't know anything. Exactly. Well, that's, <laughs> I'm going to stick to not knowing anything. Exactly. Uh, so, <laughs> cool, man. Well, hey, let's uh, wrap this one up. My wife has to get on a call now. So, uh, but uh, yeah, I love you, man. And we will. I'll do the homework, and we'll do this same time next week. Sweet. And to all the listeners, thank you thank for, you for joining. Thanks for joining us on this journey and we'll see you talk to you next time. Peace out. Uh